Hi, welcome to the Game Dev London podcast. I'm Chris Payne, and today we're going to be talking. Uh, I'm with uh, Ed Bennett, uh, and uh, we are talking about uh, free software. Uh, so tools that you can use that uh, and pick up for free that will uh, raise your game and allow you to uh, do a bunch of stuff that you might not be able to afford the well-known version uh, to do. Does that make any sense? I'm not sure. Um, welcome to the podcast, Ed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Again, two weeks in a row. Yes. Um, so do you, I think obviously the, the, the elephant in the room is uh, like the game engine uh, and obviously Unity and Unreal both have a, a free tier um, of one sort or another. Uh, but I don't want to spend too much time on those because obviously if you are interested in game dev, you probably already know about both of those. Might be worth doing a quick compare and contrast though. Um, I know that you work with uh, Unreal a lot. How do you find that in terms of value for money? Oh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Unreal fanboy plus um, they pay me to do stuff. So uh, I have a bias here. <laughs> so um, I, Other game engines are available. Other game engines are available. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking free, I think it's I think it's 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 nice to make. I mean, if you do Unity, I'll I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the, the the recent free stuff that was added to Unreal because the it, they, they they've been they've been tearing it up and buying companies left, right, and center, and and making their tools either free or in, incredibly good for for game devs. Like recently, I think was it you did the podcast on uh, MetaHumans, so they 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 bought up. Oh wait, so someone did. So they yeah. bought up Mega, MetaHumans, which I've yet to play with, but it looks absolutely amazing. It really uh, does. The the Quixel Mega Scans is is all free once you're using it. Uh, every month they do a, a, a bunch of free giveaways that you can just go in and grab. Um, and oh god, I, I don't think they they bought Oodle Oodle Oodle. Have you ever heard of that? It's I'm not familiar with them. Uh, oh god, what is Oodle? It's a um, it's a speeding up of rendering. I believe. Let me just uh, one second. So there was. Uh, Do you mean like an automated optimization tool? So Oodle, it's a very specific tool. It's called O O D L E. Um, it's been used in a bunch of things. Uh, Oodle. Uh, see, I can only get Oodle Car Finance. Oodle <laughs> uh, now free. Um, anyway, I don't want to go too much. I, th I think it speeds up the rendering or packs things so, so that you can down you can run games quicker. Uh, right. But they bought up another company which is doing that. But they're just buying people left, right, and centre. Uh, it's a, it's compression. Compression, right? Okay. Here's, uh, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm completely biased, but I'm very aware that the Unity has some amazing stuff too. Is yeah, well, I'm presuming I'm, I'm less aware of what Unity has these days, but yeah, I mean, Unity have been doing a similar thing uh, with like where they see it, like somebody has built a really solid plugin for Unity. Quite often, they they have uh, bought that up. So they picked up um, Text Mesh Pro, which was just sort of like a, a an outstanding text renderer with with a lot of features. Uh, that's now a free with unity and um uh more recently bolt 
um, is a visual scripting thing similar to Unreal's Blueprint. That's now part of Unity and uh, completely free. So uh, that's weird. There's been a handful of other things as well. And um, there's also obviously there's the asset store. There's a bunch of free assets on there. Um, uh, and a lot of the things that are paid for are extremely affordable compared to putting your own together. But um, there's also obviously the uh, other engines such as uh, Godot um, and uh, what other, I'm trying to think of other free ones. There's a whole bunch of like Cocos 2D and, and various other things. Most of them are a little bit smaller scale, good for doing like 2D games maybe, but uh, not uh, there's not so many that are uh, designed really for high-end mm. stuff but engines most people already have a preference uh, for engines so I thought what we would talk about is the more um, obscure standalone tools for doing um, very specific jobs uh, that you might think are out of reach uh, as, a, as a student or as a like an indie developer uh, so Ed what what's what's your do you want to um go through your top four and i'll do my top four and then um uh, i know that we've both agreed on uh our favorite joint favorite yeah uh, our, our top five or our number one is the yeah. same which, <laughs> which most people know about so they're probably not going to get as much value out of out of that one but but uh see if you can guess and yeah thumbs up or whatever if you do <laughs> it's uh yeah if you if you're unaware of it i'd be i'd be amazed um so yeah so free tools so of my list if i go first uh i am a huge fan of um have you ever heard of it is meshroom have you ever heard of it? um i believe i've heard of it um yeah. but i'm not I, i'm not an artist i'm a programmer so i'm not so familiar with uh, that whole side of the production pipeline okay well meshroom is uh photogrammetry uh photo, is it photo, photo rendering software um what it does is it allows you to take a whole load of photos uh, and then just plug it into this this uh, uh, program, and it goes away and does computing for about well, depending on how fast your computer is, a good hour or two. And then I'm vastly simplifying this, but then it pops out the other end a 3D game usable asset of the object that you've stuck into it. Um, now that is not representative of how easy this tool is to use or how much cleaning up you actually need to do in the thing. But it is still amazing that you can produce. I mean, this is the, this is the method that Quicksource was using in order to, to, uh, to put together their thing. Now, they, they use a different tool, uh, paid for one. I think actually it's actually it's now been made available to people, but it doesn't fall under the category of this. Okay. So Meshroom, my first choice. There are, there are. Uh, if you want to pay a bit, there is uh, an Agisoft MetaShapes is is kind of the professional version that's used. But um, we're using it with a, a prop warehouse uh, at the moment to uh, scan all of their uh, all of their props in order to. Um, Use for visual production and computer games sort of asset libraries, and mm -hmm. it's great fun. You do need to 
to understand a lot of uh, the physically based rendering pipeline because uh, you, you're going to need to touch it up afterwards. So uh, mm. but give it a go. Cool. Chris, your go. Okay. Uh, well, one of my uh, favorites is uh, Audacity, um, which is a, a really good free audio editor. Um, it's uh, not uh, not particularly elaborate. Uh, it's not something that you would be able to compose music in particularly. Um, you could probably make sound effects in it, but um, it's largely for, for like nuts and bolts, kind of like trimming audio files, denoising, cleaning stuff up, um, uh, cutting out like stutters and, and things like that. It's, uh, it's absolutely fine. Uh, and that, for me as a programmer, that's the sort of level that I, I need it for is just to be able to like dive into an audio file and and go, I just need to cut this sort of like opening, you know, there's a third of a second of silence on the front of this line and I need to cut it off so that I can start that line dead on. Um, uh, for basic stuff like that, um, Audacity is brilliant. I mean, it has a whole bunch of um, useful plugins as well. Uh, the the denoising is, is quite, um, powerful, uh, but you need to know what sort of settings to use. Otherwise, you can make yourself sound very tinny. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's more powerful than I need, basically. So there's a whole bunch of things that I I don't fully um, make use of in Audacity. But that, that's one of my um, basic tool set. Audacity is awesome. I like just last week I was screaming zombie noises into into a mic which is <laughs> actually being used in in a prototype we're doing at the moment and it, it's it's just so quick and you, and you can just you know usually the way i use it is uh if i'm making them i'll make i'll i'll do the noise like a hundred times or i'll uh, i'll record it into my mic then i'll just go back and i'll listen to each of them and it's got an option where you can just export the selected amount so you can get the exact cut you want. And it, it's perfect when you need like grunts and sort of like, and sort of sword swipes and sort of really, really simple stuff. Most yeah. often placeholder, but, but yeah, an awesome, awesome tool. Cool. So uh, what's your next one? Right. Okay. So my next one is actually one that, I wanted to add, but I haven't actually spent much time playing with. Uh, the reason I wanted to add it is it's recently become free. I think I've got a feeling it's only free for Unity and Unreal people, but that still makes it a large enough number of people that I, I think it kind of deserves to be on the list. And that is Houdini. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Houdini has been something that has been sort of outside of my comfortable price range for for a long time and now they've just gone and made it free i, th I think if you a bit like unreal if you're making crazy money out of it then they'll they'll want a car uh but it's it's amazing if you don't know what houdini is i have a vague idea my correct me if i'm wrong but my understanding is that it is a tool that's come from the um like cinema v vfx world 
uh, and it is designed for making uh, particle effects and simulations uh, that are extremely high quality and then baking those out so that they can they become something uh, a lot more efficient. Yes. Is that right? Well, that's, that's, yeah, uh, so it's almost what I would say. The only thing about it is you can also do vast sort of procedurally generated landscapes and and so it, it's it, to be honest i don't 100 percent know i've stared at it quite a few things special effects used <laughs> massively in in in, t, in sort of cinema and some really high-end stuff and, and you can learn it and be massively in demand so it's, it's not it's not a small like Thing. It's quite, but I mean, I think they're recognizing the same thing that all these other sort of companies are recognizing that if you are free, the uptake and the people learning your engine is so much bigger that you can end up making money off just selling plugins or like, or having some kind of, it's like everything is moving to, to free, except for Adobe. <laughs> so that'll never be free. <laughs> <laughs> but this podcast is about free software, so we shall not speak of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Houdini is, uh, I don't feel qualified to it, but, but it's its a very exciting for, for a new tool. I will have to have a poke around with that because I can see that being really nice for uh, creating really interesting uh, pre-baked uh, sort of explosions. So there's certain things... Uh, obviously, you can, you know, there's a lot of common stuff you can do in game engines quite easily with sort of like particle effects, but there's certain things like explosions that create a little mushroom cloud. That's really hard to do with particles. Um, uh, it's the sort of thing that might work a lot better with a much more elaborate kind of like fluid mechanics simulation that is then just like baked out into um, a set of data that can be just replayed uh, efficiently. So uh, I'd I'd like to have a play with that. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. But I haven't got a month to sit there. And my head. <laughs> it could take <laughs> a while. <laughs> someday, yes. someday I will. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a student, start playing around with Houdini now. Yes. <laughs> while you still have time. <laughs> okay. So um, my next one is another kind of like very sort of uh, basic uh, tool, as it were. Uh, for doing our work, I uh, like image editing and so on. Uh, I use Paint.net, uh, which you can find at GetPaint.net, um, not Paint.net itself. That's a paint company, uh, but uh, it is basically it's a very light version of uh, Photoshop, and it doesn't have anywhere near the level of features that Photoshop does. Uh, it's fairly basic, but for Again, as a non-artist, it's got what I need. I can I can open images, I can uh, trim them, I can put a bunch of layers in, I can build stuff. I mean, I've used it to create like print quality compositions um, uh, for games, uh, at, like a resolution of about sixteen thousand pixels, um, and it it does chug a bit at that resolution, but it works, and uh, it does require. A little bit of massaging there's for example you have to install a set of plugins for it to even ha handle alpha channels at all um, which is a bit of a pain but once those plugins are installed you can work with the alpha channels and i use that for making all sorts of uh, little sort of like hud elements and sprites and particles yeah we 
we discussed this before and we uh and i mentioned gimp but mm. we're both sort of in agreement that gimp <laughs> isn't the easiest tool to use and if you and if you're not creating high art or using all the functionality paint.net's probably a better option is yeah is, i i would agree i don't really get on with gimp um largely i think because uh mostly it's the ui the fact that gimp is in multiple separate windows which makes it feel a little bit incoherent to me uh paint.net is neat and tidy all within one window like um photoshop uh i think probably gimp is more powerful in terms of um the the feature set but um paint.net is very easy to use I spent so. three hours trying to add new fonts to GIMP once. Uh, <laughs> three hours, I will never get back. Okay, Paint.net just uses the fonts that are installed on your system. Right. <laughs> uh, GIMP has, it's actually the search mechanism I couldn't get my head around, but I mean, yeah, it was, I, I did not find that easy. Uh, right, so my next one is um, Armor Painter. So this is a, a, a little known about uh, alternative for Substance Painter. Uh, so, um, and so Substance Painter is awesome, but Armor Painter is free. And it does pretty much everything that Substance Painter does. It's a little bit more clanky, uh, but it's it's got it all there. And if you, it's, um, and it's getting better. I, I really think it's going to be, it's going to end up being the sort of replacement for Substance Painter in a few years if if someone gives them some money. I don't know if they've got an epic grant or not. I've no idea how they're making enough money to make this thing. <laughs> I do wonder, I mean, how a lot of these places actually end up making their cash. But, but um, Armour Painter. So it, mm. rather than paying a subscription to Substance Painter, try, try it out, especially if you're not like a power user. And, and much like yeah. Audacity is for, for, for the, it does all the basics and the things that you need to do. I have a question that as a, as a non-artist, my understanding of Substance Painter is that it gives you a whole bunch of um, quite uh complex sort of procedural materials composed out of like layers of other textures and things like that so that you can paint those procedural materials onto a mesh and does it then does it then bake those uh the, the result into a single material for that asset or does it export the material like all the separate procedural materials for the game engine to use i i'm not Fully au fait with how that pipeline works. Well, they they both bake them out so that you can. Right. If you're if you're in a, a, a PBR workflow, mm -hmm. you um, you want to you you've got a set number of maps that, that will make up a, a material depending on on what you're using. So you've got things like normal maps and uh, sort of roughness maps and the base color and the, and the uh, ambient occlusion and. And so it's capable of, especially Substance Painter is, it's capable of putting all the masks together and just baking them out so that you can you can drag them straight into the to the um, into the your engine of choice. 
Uh, and uh, but the, the great thing about them is, and they both do it in different densities. You can you can actually just go and paint onto the model as you're doing it. So you can use it. It's a very sort of free way that you can decide where your different sections are and what different colors are going to be. And then they've got numerous different brushes that allow you to do it. You can go away and the um, what Substance Painter does have over Armor Painter is it has these libraries of um, has these libraries of smart materials, which are mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we there's a, there's a lot more stuff you can go and it's actually supposed to be a secondary tool. I think it's Alchemy or something. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a really light user on this, so so uh, I, I just I mean. I'm just sort of banging stuff together most of the time. Uh, but yeah, it, it will bake out those specific maps and then you'll put them into the search engine, into the uh, into the game engine, uh, and you can put them together as materials. Right. With, with the so, UVs and everything already worked out. I presume, um, again, pardon my ignorance, but I presume when you say smart materials, you're talking about things like um, uh, a paint surface that um it automatically uh, gets sort of like chipped at the uh, on sort of like external corners uh, of of the mesh uh or things like that or um am i the, right yeah yes they can be because you, you'd have different um you would have different sort of sections with uh so a, a lot of those are about applying different masks or with different sort of, so you, you can change each of the little masks. So you can say, so that it, it calculates where those things are going to, to appear. But smart material will often be a, a combination of different maps. So if you wanted to have like a gold sort of scratched worn gold material, then it will have the, the metallic maps in there and the roughness maps and all the different layers already geared together. So you'll be able to paint that on. And then when you bake out those specific maps, it will calculate that into the into the different different maps as you as you're going. Right. So you get a final map that's got patches of one roughness map in amongst another roughness roughness map and so on. Uh, it can be, but what is it's mainly is is you'll have one base color, you'll have one roughness, you'll have one yep. But a metallic, but whenever you draw different sections, so you paint up different sections, it, it will mark multiple maps in one go. So okay. rather than having to go away and edit a, a specific map, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite a light user in it. But it, it, hmm. it, they do. You just figure out your workflow, and then you just just do that every single time. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's a good one. Armor. So that's, that's armor paint, as in suit of armor. Yes, yes. Right, okay. Cool. Um, okay, in that case, uh, my next one then is uh, an interesting one. This is um, OBS, uh, Open Broadcast System. Uh, this is actually the system that we're using right now to record this uh, podcast. It is an extremely powerful and robust uh, streaming tool uh it's very um very powerful you can you can edit it you can customize your uh transitions and stuff like that and it's basically just a complete control desk for uh transitioning between different um uh different cameras and 
uh, scenes with, with different combinations of, of cameras. So, for example, uh, uh, combining the two cameras onto one screen, uh, like we have right now, uh, if you're watching the video version of this, then uh, there's also Streamlabs, which is uh, a system built on top of OBS because OBS is kind of OBS is the engine that drives all of this stuff. And you can you can I like to tune the engine and twiddle and do everything in, in OBS. But if you want just a, a, like a quicker result, um, you can go to Streamlabs. And that is a system that is uses OBS as the engine. And then it builds a whole load of uh, preset uh, transitions and animated titles and camera frames and stuff like that on top of it. Uh, and it's already made and that, however, um, it has a free tier, um, but they make their money by selling sort of like more, um, basically sort of like customized, uh, frames and, and such like, but, uh, OBS, itself is completely free and the, the the basic version of Streamlabs um is completely free so depending on how technical you want to get with it either of those is a great option for starting streaming i use uh, i primarily use obs for uh screen captures and, uh, and uh, it's good for that too yeah my, my i'm i'm forever like recording screens and, and uploading them to youtube to share them to people which is Probably not what YouTube wants, <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's it's just a great it's a really it's a really powerful tool which I I only know how to turn on the screen capture. the The great thing about this is this this setup in YouTube is is set up permanently, and and to my understanding is we can just log on and record a, a podcast at, at any point, and and all of the all of the frame and everything like that is just sitting there indefinitely. Am I right in saying that, Chris? Uh, close. Uh, the, it's not currently... Um, all of the uh, Game Dev London branding that you see around us uh, it has been uh, lovingly prepared uh, by our editor, Joe. Um, and he has also set up um, a whole suite of uh, OBS uh, scenes uh, and transitions. Uh, to. So I just have to like start the... Uh, um, we're getting into the, the, how the sausage is made stuff here. Uh, I just have to start off the uh, sequence of scenes. It goes through the animations. It like uh, dumps into uh, my camera, and then I can do my little intro piece to camera. Then I can uh, bring Ed's camera in, and it does the transitions nicely, and so on. So uh, have a play around with it. Uh, if you're if you're interested in streaming, you can. Uh, if you're interested in building stuff from the ground up, you can build, you design your own frames out of images and uh, videos, stuff like that. You can st st stick video in the background and then layer cameras on. You can put masks on cameras, which is like a more advanced feature, but is really cool. So you can, as we have, these camera views are um, masked to be unusual shapes. Uh, the same shape as the GDL logo, in fact. Uh, but they're masked. It's not like that. It's not a, a hole cut out in the um, uh, in the background, which was my first attempt to make um, borders in uh, OBS. Uh, just holes cut out with the cameras behind them. But it's actually a lot easier to stick a mask onto the uh, camera image, uh, and then you can you just have a lot more freedom. 
Um, so it's it's quite fun. It's like a it's like a moving picture fo version of Photoshop um, in some ways. <laughs> right. Should I go on to my my final yeah. run before the end? Okay. So uh, so my my final choice was was Trello. Um, That's an unusual choice. Yeah. I mean, but I think for game dev, this has been this is like one of the tools that I use the absolute most, Trello is uh, yeah, because, well, we try and work in a sort of um, agile sort of scrum way. So, so we have this, this set, so we have a, a backlog to do, verify. So we have these different, we put everything in as, uh, as, as sort of, every task in as a specific card, and then we, we move them between it. Uh, and then on the left, I have a, a notes page with all the specifications and documents. And on the right, I have like inspiration as a thing. And, and you, when you're working with a team, having all of that stuff together uh, in one place is is a, is a brilliant tool. And so he, I highly recommend it if you, I mean, there are lots of tools out there, but uh, Trello was the first one that I really uh, sort of got to terms with. Uh, and and it did the job, so I just stuck. I know they, they keep using different things at Game Dev London, but uh, but I've got, I mean, what what do, what do you use, Chris? There must be something you use. To do uh, this. We are using uh, Jira, um, which does have a free tier. Um, but honestly, uh, I would certainly have a look at Trello for our next one because it's just a little bit more lightweight um and easier to use uh jira is quite powerful and uh, i'm not sure what trello has got in the way of uh, analysis tools nice thing about jira is that it uh you can attach um times or point scores to tasks and that allows uh the system to to quantify them a bit and then it, it can give you a a burn down to show sort of like how how much what proportion of the amount of work has been done compared to the time that is left to do it in? All right, that, that actually sounds more advanced than Trello. <laughs> I, yeah. I might have those tools, but but, but I'm, I'm not aware of them. I mean, ours is relatively rudimentary. It's, yeah, it's I mean, the flip side of that uh, advanced um, uh, features in in Jira is that you you do have to make sure that you go through and you have to put estimates on uh, everything and. As as part of the whole Scrum methodology is that the idea that like it doesn't matter what those estimates are, but as long if you attach numerical values to things, then you can you can track it and you can slowly get better at guessing the right numerical values to attach mm -hmm. to things. Um, so, but I like I do like Trello because of the ease of just being able to just like type a, a new task on onto the bottom of a list. And, and then it's just there um, and you can do that whenever. And it's it's a bit less structured, but a lot easier um, and faster to use because of that. Yeah, and things like you can just email tasks in, I find really, really useful. Like I'm just think of something while I'm on, on the train or something like that is, I find that very useful. But I, I mean, a lot of these, I, I get the feeling it's unless there's a specific sort of a, a specific thing you need to do with it, like reporting. 
then they all kind of cover the basics and you, you can get away yeah. with. I mean, the, the, uh, the honorary mention to go with it would have probably been Slack or Discord, but the, the, I mean, just Trello just happens to be the one that I really, really use. Uh, mm. and the interface has been as simple enough and uh, straightforward enough to, to be, as far as game development, been a massive, a massive asset. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like Slack and Discord are good for comms, but um, certainly Trello is Trello is actually a task tracker, which um, there's also um, I will also shout out for uh, Hack and Plan, which is very similar to Trello, but it is um, specifically built for tracking game development. And so it has a whole bunch of uh, preset categories that are that aligns perfectly with game development. Um, it's been a while since I looked at Hack and Plan. I need to check it out and see what the latest version looks at and com and compare it to Trello. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So you have one last for us. Don't I you? do. My last one is probably the most obscure. Um, it is a video editor. Um, it is called uh, Da Vinci Resolve uh, by Blackmagic Studios. This is an interesting one because uh, Blackmagic is a company that makes uh, digital cameras. Um, so they are a competitor of like uh, Red, uh, for example, in, in that space. And they have they've come out of like the the whole um, uh, filmmaking industry, and they've created uh, their own video editor that is designed uh, i'm guessing that it's designed to basically sort of like seamlessly integrate with all of their hardware and and so on um but the upshot of it is that their free version of their video editor is so full featured the only things that it um that you are denied in the free version um are 4k and stereoscopic it's very much targeted at filmmakers um, and high-end filmmakers at that so certainly for making like game trailers um, it's quite unlikely that you need really need to make a 4k trailer um, so all of the all of the other features are extremely slick and polished um, it's a little it's got quite a sort of like rigid structure where it's got a series of like tabs for collating your assets and then editing your assets together and then doing post effects and grading on them and stuff like that it is really designed for a film workflow uh but for my part it's mostly just like oh throw the handful of assets that i want to use for this uh trailer in edit it all obviously i don't tend to do a lot of color grading on my on game footage uh but uh, you can then export the whole thing in, uh, and you can, in fact, set up like batch exports and all sorts of things. It's, it's extremely powerful um, and uh, output uh, movies at whatever resolution you like to uh, various different formats. And it's probably the, the most uh, enjoyable editing experience um, that I've had. It, it's certainly um, up there with uh, Vegas or um, Premiere, uh, and but it's completely free. It is. It's great. It's a great tool. 
I, I will say there is one thing in the in the paid for version. They have this uh, they have this magic masking system which oh. cuts out green screens brilliantly, but you have to pay for it. It is, and I was really annoyed. I really needed it, uh, and I went through the tutorial and couldn't figure out why I couldn't find the options, and then I found out I had to upgrade. But it's, it's a great tool. Really That's a fair point. I've never tried to use a green screen with it, um, mm. but uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain that OBS has a green screen plugin though, so you could do the uh, oh. separation in o OBS and get I OBS. Do, I think they do keying. I think you can chroma key it. Uh, yeah, but but it um... it'll be a runtime chroma key rather than a than a yeah. post um, post processing chroma key. Yeah. Yeah, you what we want all that sort of motion capture moving in. It's, it's it's a brilliant tool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so our final. Let's see if you've guessed it right. <laughs> By elimination, you should have. Uh, so, do you want to do you want to do the reveal? Do the honors. Um, our, our joint top uh, three uh, piece of software for game dev is, of course, Blender. Uh, this has been around for ages and it has been through some periods where it has been kind of clunky to use despite the ex extremely powerful feature set but it is now becoming extremely slick and polished and uh, in many ways a complete replacement for uh, Maya or um, uh, 3D, 3D Studio Max. Um, uh, or what are the other other ones? Um, I'm sure. I, again, this is from a programmer's point of view. ZBrush as well. I mean, Z, Z, yeah, it's it's got yeah. it's got all the sculpting tools in there now. Um, it's uh, I did a game jam recently, and I w spent the weekend using it to learn uh, how to do uh, like the whole character modeling uh, pipeline in uh, Blender. So I sculpted a character. Uh, using the uh, kind of clay sculpting tools rather than box modeling, which is the, like the old school way that, um, <laughs> that I, we used to do things in games. Um, uh, and also then I was able to sort of like unwrap it and then paint the texture directly onto the model. Um, uh, and, you know, with my skills, it, it, it certainly didn't look uh, amazing. But in the hands of a talented artist, uh, I think it would be extremely, uh, extremely useful. Uh, what else has it got? It's got a whole bunch of stuff. It's got tons. It's even got game engine in it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, got a, it's, got a, it's got a video <laughs> editor in it as yeah, well. Oh yeah. I but mean... I, I, ha I have to admit, last time I tried to use the video editor within Blender, I found it extremely odd. Uh, I think partly because the UI was designed to try to fit into a 3D modeling package, and it yeah, it, it didn't use the compositing or the node based everything. Yeah, it was a little bit. It felt a little bit weird compared because the UI was very different to other video editors. I should probably give it another go. Um, I, it's yeah, I'm. Just, I mean, I love Blender. I mean, <laughs> it's it's incredible. He just does everything. And he's open source, and the latest version that they brought out, what was it? The is it two point seven? I've forgotten. Um, oh, God, I've given it up here. 
Um, so I think I'm. I think I'm. I think there's been a later release even since since I, I, I've got my one. But uh, two point nine two is the latest. It's, but it's 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 crazy good. But the the thing about it is, yeah. What have I got? I got, I got two point nine one. Um, but the thing about it is, it, it's built to make. I mean, it's got proper rendering engines in there, cycles, mm -hmm. and EV. You can make really, really amazing film, film stuff, and the chroma key and the tracking is incredible. And and they bought out this thing called Everything Is Nodes. Have you seen Node November that they do? It's <laughs> you look up that stuff. It's crazy good. But they basically they build like art and cookies and and some crazy stuff out of just banging together math nodes and and sort of like. It's really quite impressive. I've got to look into that. I love the sound of that. That's I the mean, sort of art that I could do. Yeah, I just just like it's beyond. I I I, I looked at it a few times, and I I sort of like I've got to sit there. It's a bit like Houdini to me in that. Mm. It's like figuring out how what mass nerds turn into this beautiful art. But you can. It's there is a guy. There is a guy who we were trying to follow that I would. Ian Huber, I think, is his name. But Ian, yeah, Ian Huber. Uh, look him up on on uh, YouTube. Everyone, look up Ian Huber because he does these. He's the funniest guy. He does he does these short sort of skits where he shows you how to make things in, in Blender. I mean, he does them at speed, so they're all about like he's got one called Make Nightmare Men in Blender. And they're all like a minute long, uh, and they that's are the just, sort of video I could I could watch. <laughs> they are just joy. <laughs> it's just... usually it's usually painful watching video tutorials uh, uh, as the presenter kind of fumbles their way through um, explaining what they're about to do, um, and while you wait for them to actually get started and do the thing that the, the, the title of the video said that they were going to do. Um, uh, I don't, video has its uses, uh, but sometimes it can be slow. So yeah, like a very high speed tutorial sounds wonderful. Well, they're so high speed, they're probably near impossible to follow, but they're so entertaining that you just watch it and then just go, wow, this, this guy is amazing. Yeah, lazy tutorials, he calls them. Ian Huber. He's a he's a filmmaker and he does these amazing sci-fi things. But he he just uses he uses Blender for everything and he, he's got he's just it's really really quite impressive. Yeah, his. I mean, but do anything with Blender. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost anything. I say that's one of the things. If you look at the Blender site, then like you'd be forgiven for thinking that it it was it was for making sort of Pixar style um, cartoon movies. But some of the some of the Blender Foundation um, community-made films that they've done, um, ha some of them are like live action with um, CG composited in there. Um, so they they've used the uh, blend built-in Blender um, uh, green screen tools, the compositing, the track three D tracking tools to like tra track a 3D environment around the actors, or track a 3D character in interacting with the actors, um, or attaching bits of CG to the actors' faces, and so on. So, like they've they've created like community films to test all of these technologies mm -hmm. and refine them. 
it's it's just incredibly powerful if you know how to use it there is a little bit of a learning curve oh, yeah. um, but yeah, certainly because some of the short, shortcut keys are a bit odd but it does have a maya compatibility mode um for people who uh don't want to have to like relearn all of that yeah i installed a, a plugin that, that changes all the uh key movements to the same as um same as unreal just because it's what i'm used to um, yeah to be honest like switching switching shortcuts between apps is a, a real pain especially when it's for sort of like common ones just for sort of like changing which which key and which mouse button ch changes you from rotation to movement and yeah. uh, really basic stuff like that because that's so ingrained into your muscle memory mm. um, it, it's quite hard to switch especially if you're jumping backwards and forwards between unity or unreal and uh, and an art package the community with with Blender is is incredible as well. Much like Unity and Unreal, you've got this massive groups of people producing stuff for it. Like there is a whole like Vault and Blueprints and Unreal. There's there's a scripting language to make your own plugins, uh, and I mean it's it's open source, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just I mean I. I it's not industry standard, but recently they brought in a professional support contract that went with it. Mm -hmm. And the suggestion was one of the reasons no one would use it for, for a really big production was because you didn't have that level of support. So if you're making a film uh, and mm -hmm. you, you really want to be able to pick up the phone and have somebody on the other end who, who's going to be answerable, why it doesn't work. Yeah. But Blender brought that out recently and they are... I think it's going to be. I think it, the thing is, when you make something open source and you open it to the community, the speed which people develop, the speed which people build on it, and yeah. and they got a ton of cash off uh, off Unreal, Amazon, Unity. Everyone's just given them, and the, yeah, and because it's free as well, you're just going to have hundreds and loads of people learning it, where the barrier to entry with the other tools. Yeah, look, the, the future is Blender. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's certainly it's certainly my favorite free tool um of all time i would say um so um before we um before we wrap up then did you have any other sort of honorable mentions that uh that you wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to uh i don't know i stuck some down uh the, well the iClone stuff, I, I, I think, I haven't played with, but uh, the, we can get an iPhone and you can you can do mocap on it. But yeah, I thought that was a, a, a actually, but I haven't really played yeah. with it. Uh, I heard good things about Vroid Studio, which is a, a tool specifically for making like manga characters that you can import into any engine. Yeah, uh, my yeah, daughter those... has had fun playing with uh, making her own manga characters. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, people say it's good. So I'm not, I'm yeah. Just, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a load more. I always think of Kenny's Kenny's place. He'd give out like a whole load of free stuff. But no, don't know. Anyway, I think yeah, that's that's my list. Yep. Well, my one last shout out is of course Google Docs, um, because that is uh, again completely free, and I find it a lot easier to use than uh for example microsoft office um precisely because it just pops open in a web page um so it's it 
feels a lot more accessible than sort of like opening up a, a spreadsheet in Excel. Um, uh, the fact that you can sort of like live edit with multiple people um, is really useful. Um, and so, yeah, if you really good way of collaborating on uh, design docs, um, organizing assets in spreadsheets and, and such like. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of other interesting tools, but I think perhaps um, this has been a good introduction. Maybe we should do a deeper dive into very specific fields um, at some point down the line, because I know that, for example, there's a lot of very interesting uh, and not so well known um, brainstorming um, tools uh, to allow people to like collaborate and, and sort of like throw um, sketches and cut and paste pictures and sort of like arrange things uh, on, a, on a virtual whiteboard. Mm. Uh, that sort of thing is is quite useful, and there's some there's some nice free options for that. So yeah, I should start using something like that. Yeah, but um, but there you go. That is uh, Ed and my favourite uh, set of uh, free tools. Um, hopefully, there'll be something in there that uh, will have been news to you, and uh, you'll be able to investigate, and maybe it will make your life uh, a little bit easier um, or at least a little bit cheaper. <laughs> so uh, if we will be uh, back well, at some point in the future, there will be another podcast next week. Um, go to Game Dev London to find out uh, exactly what that's likely to be. Please join us on our Discord um, and uh, where there's an active community doing game development stuff and you can compare notes on uh, their favourite free products. I'm sure there will be a discussion about things that we have forgotten to mention in this podcast. Uh, until then, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. Thanks, Ed. Bye.